Well, 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 here we are again. Episode number two. My name is Unqua Sonia, and I'm back in my bag again. I had such a good time last week. I didn't even do a proper run of show. But, you know, what's a rule that's not worth breaking, right? I just want to say, first and foremost, a big thank you. When the first episode was released, I had no idea that that many people cared. <laughs> Or that many people were interested. Um, you can call it a crisis of confidence or whatever you want. But I am super, super grateful. Limited as it is, there is hopefully more to come down the line. But it's really exciting to be able to bring back this project, bring back this project. And no, we're not editing that out because hashtag life. But I'm very excited and grateful we get a chance to do this. So we do have a full episode today. We'll talk golf. We'll talk some things that are happening in my industry. Uh, the crossover segment is going to have two of my very favorite people, period. And the fact that they're really dope musicians is a bonus. We'll get to that in the crossover segment later on. But I figure the first thing to talk about is that if you ever were under the impression that sports at any level was supposed to be pure, Last week, you knew that that didn't exist no more. I don't like getting scooped when I record something and the day I drop something, news that I would have talked about dropped. So when the PGA Tour decided that they and LIV were going to be bedfellows, that's the best way I'm going to put it, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And there's a bunch of discourse from the past week, a lot of which you've heard before, and a good portion of it I agree with. We'll get to that in a little bit. But something came across my feed on Saturday, and I want to make sure I give the proper credit. And that is going to go to Jennifer Williams. She's actually a sports anchor and reporter at Fox 5 in New York, my neck of the woods. So that's grateful that I am. But the cool thing about it is she went to Trinity College, not far from where we're recording now. Now, why does that matter? Well, I'm going to read her tweet verbatim and this is from over the weekend pga tour commissioner jay monahan was supposed to speak on a panel at his alma mater trinity college in hartford connecticut entitled committing to the future the role of sports in modern society at 1 30 p.m per a source attendees found out at 1 15 p.m he was a no-show mind you this is the same jay monahan that decided last year when the live tour, the live golf tour was even formed, that anybody who joined that tour was pretty much a traitor, didn't believe in the game of golf. I had never seen a statement wrapped in so much Americana at, at this point in my life. And that's saying a lot. It was very much like, how dare they jump ship? How dare they take that Saudi Arabia money, this, that, and the third? All less than a year later to go right into business with them. Mind you, it was around this time last year because he made a lot of statements at the Travelers Championship, which will be taking place in Cromwell in a few weeks. And I just want to say, I really, really hope we no longer believe that any level of sports 
is all the way pure. It seems super obvious, right? You look at the NCAA, you think about the fact that these kids are making the universities billions and just now we're getting scraps. You look at every professional league where team owners, some of them have their money in not so great things. Put your political biases aside. I mean, you got money in prisons. Okay, I guess. And that okay is the most begrudging thing I could possibly say. And it's not to say that golf was in a different place either. Because look, the only thing I knew of golf growing up was Tiger Woods. Why? Because Tiger Woods was the only golfer at the time that looked like me and was in a sphere that I think has been untouched. Like everyone can try to look for the next somebody in any sport, right? We're always looking for the next Michael Jordan in basketball. In baseball, it's Babe Ruth, depending on if you like home runs or not. But uh, in golf, there will never be another Tiger Woods. And what the Live Golf PGA Tour deal screams to me is that they lost some star power and they thought it was worth compromising those values for, air quotes, on purpose. It's just really, really sad to me, though, that something that's supposed to be blatantly American was just tossed out so so quickly and I say that because if you take the history of what America tries to do with its sports teams hate it or love it sports are supposed to stand for something right like after 9-11 when the Yankees were in the World Series the whole city of New York was on tilt when the Astros were in the World Series after their hurricane disaster Same deal. Sports are more of a rallying cry than people maybe want to give it credit for. And yes, they make boatloads of money. Most of which we'll never see. But it's supposed to mean something. So what message are you sending to a golfer that the commissioner of your sport on the biggest stage a year after saying we will not accept foreign money took the foreign money and then with an opportunity to at least show up at your alma mater right you could have put out any semblance of look I'm not here to talk about this I just hope you understand this deal that we agreed on I'm not going to talk about it maybe that happened and maybe Trinity said absolutely not and he said that's why I'm not coming but for you to go through all of that And with an opportunity to, if not let your hair down, at the very least, come back to the place that you went to school that was excited about you coming. And they found out you bailed 15 minutes before you were scheduled to go on. (laughs) That's weak, dog. That's very, very weak. I don't think I should expect anything less. Because when you call the shots, you can call the shots and just leave. People don't call you to accountability. What's interesting is that pretty much everyone who covers golf has both come out with either saying, why is this happening? Or they've said, this is ridiculous. Because you took 
the most big time stance out of all these commissioners and people were cheering for it. Low key, I was cheering for it too. But not because I cared about the PGA Tour, but the circumstances, which I'm not going to get into here, the circumstances under which the Live Golf Tour was even brought into fruition, wasn't a big fan of it. But here was the start of your opportunity to answer for it. But you don't have to. So you didn't. Okay, I guess. All right, we got the golf talk out of the way. Segment two, the crossover. We're very talented people. Talk about stuff that they didn't do before and what they do now. Why am I being so dramatic? Because I know these two guys pretty well. Two of my favorite people, period. One of them has dropped tape after tape on SoundCloud and has inspired producers up and down the coast and around the world. The other one released an album that charted at number one on iTunes. And yet I'm going to ask them about sports to start because that's why this is called the crossover. Cam Fletcher, Ty Brown. What's going on, fellas? Chilling, man. Why was that so muted, Ty? <laughs> what, the unqua? <laughs> <laughs> I have a natural gate. Natural. Fine. Natural Fine. noise gate. Touche. Touche. Uh, so like I said, we start off by asking you about stuff that uh, maybe you don't quote-unquote do now. Did y'all play sports growing up? Yeah. I did. I um, A lot of people don't know this. Uh the YMCA had a church league, a basketball league, okay. and I, you know, I don't really like to talk about it. I didn't even know you was gonna bring it up, but I was, I was, a, I was a legend. I was a legend, but uh, you know, that's neither here nor there. I just wanted, I, I did play. <laughs> you used the word legend that said you didn't mm-hmm. want to talk about it. You know that means I have to make you talk about it, right? Yeah. It, listen, man, this was talking about 20, 30 years ago. You know. Um, there was a game, it was a championship game, and uh, the star player uh, ended up getting sick. And it was like, it was, a, it was a fourth quarter, 30 seconds left. The coach didn't know, they didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to do. And I said, now I wasn't playing. I was on the bench that game. But some, I just knew that I could contribute. I knew I could, I could get us the W. And I said, Coach, I got this. I got this. Okay. I got us. Okay. And um, he trusted me, so I took off my sweatsuit. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, I don't know why y'all laughing. This, I don't, I don't know why y'all laughing. This is, this really happened. Okay, so, so you took off the sweatsuit. Took off the sweatsuit. Thirty seconds left. I get in the game, and I drop. You're not even gonna believe this. Oh. I dropped sixty points <laughs> in thirty seconds. Thirty seconds. Listen, I it was on the news. <laughs> if you look, if you look, if you pull up the New Brent Herald, because that's our newspaper, and you, you know, know you listen. Thing. That's what I'm saying. If you look in the archives, there was a little blurb about it in the back. Like with the obituaries, it was in the back. Right there. <laughs> with the obituaries. They, there was a little blurb oh, about yeah. it. But yeah, that <laughs> happened. I had to be maybe 11 or 12, but it definitely happened. 
60 points in 30 seconds. Yeah. Where's your Guinness plaque? Um, well, this, like I said, this was a, this is just a small regional thing. It wasn't really, you know, nobody was there to record it. This was before cell phones and all that, you know. But had this, had this had happened, you know, during social media, I wouldn't be here with y'all. <laughs> well played. <laughs> well played. Oh, Jesus. But can play ball, though. Yeah, I, I was play. about to ask you what really happened, but let's let's go with what 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 what's your background? I believe is, that though. I believe that. Yeah. I believe he played. Okay, because I'm about to say God. God really can do miracles. He can. Mm-hmm. I don't know about all that, but he <laughs> he tied played. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, pl- I played basketball. I was more so of a. Um, <clears throat> I ran track, so I played um, football freshman in sophomore year of high school. I stopped playing because of my hands, because you know mm. I'm a musician. <clears throat> so I was doing like the bear crawls at practice, and it was raining, and my hand got stuck in the mud. Oh nah! And I kept going, and I pulled it back. So Jeez. yeah, I, I stopped playing after that. I was done. And then um, growing up, of course, I did church league. That's how I knew he was telling the truth. He did it because <laughs> I he he went before me. Like his season was before mine. So okay. I played with uh, with the yeah, Spotswoods. You played yeah, Spotswoods. Yeah, Spotswoods. Yeah, they wasn't good. The, we was great. What you mean? But, <laughs> but it was. But none of y'all went to the church. <clears throat> no, I know. We was all from the outside. That's, yeah, that's illegal. Yeah, <laughs> that's a wow. But we we love the Lord, so we we ended up doing it. We ended up doing it, but um, yeah, I did that. I did hoop it up with uh, my my boys Isaiah Bodie, Bishmel Campbell. Angel Aponte, um, we did Hoop It Up. Well, Hoop It Up was back then in mm-hmm. Hartford. We did that, and then um, I was like champion of standing long jump. And um, yeah, there's, things, there's a lot of things nobody know about me when it comes to the sports stuff. I started playing golf when I was 13. And um, yeah, track, basketball, all that stuff was like my favorite, my go-to. Yeah, so. I know you sort of said the moment when you were like, I'm I'm ready for music. And mm-hmm. that was football practice. Mm-hmm. I'm scared to ask this time. I'm gonna ask it anyway. What was the moment where you were like, All right, it, it's time it's time to move to the music? Well, I was always doing music. Music was always first. Mm-hmm. The best being in church league was just all all my friends was doing it. So it was fun. I liked it, so I just did it, but I never had a desire to like seriously pursue sports. I was always into music. Growing up, what did y'all like to watch? Like what what's a sports moment that you remember like just watching and being like, oh, that's actually kind of cool? Oh, uh, just watching uh Allen Iverson. Um, that was like my go to. Watching him play and uh Kobe was that was my Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? So like, cause, like when he died. I was like, I was messed up. Like people yeah. love Mike, but I was Kobe Bryant, Al Iverson all day. Watching that matchup happen, that was the, those those moments were everything to me. Watching watching that, so yeah, I'm a Jordan era. That's so I remember those games against uh, the Jazz and the Pacers. Those were like some really epic matchups. So those stick out in my mind, and um, 
football, I really liked Deion Sanders. So I loved watching him. He was on the Falcons and then uh, the 49ers and then the Cow- Then he went to the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. So watching watching his transition, he's somebody that definitely I looked up to. I, I liked his sportsmanship for sure. Now when it came to <clears throat> like trying to balance being in music with everything else that like comes with life, we've probably gone through a bunch of different situations where the people around us that were either as talented or had more of it, but didn't do what you both have done. What, what kept, what kept y'all going? Man, just having that gift, something, something deep and, you know, something just deeply rooted, you know, in your soul. That's like, you got to keep going. You, you know, your purpose, you know, cause nowadays people don't know their purpose. You know, so they just, you know, they do the things that's satisfying, but they don't do the things that's like, you know, rooted in them, you know. So I don't I don't know when that moment was for me, but I just knew that my purpose was music, you know, and that's kind of where I'm at still still standing today because the job's not finished, you know. I like that. I could say the same. Like, I used to, I used to, find myself in a situation where I was looking at what other people were doing and would wonder and even even like pray like you know when you know what about me you know what I'm saying like when when is the things that I'm seeing happening for other people when is it going to be my turn to experience that but after some years of just of never quitting you start to develop that understanding that what's for you is is for you, mm-hmm. and you'll never have to chase what someone else got because you don't know what what they had to do or endure to get it, mm-hmm. and it and it might be something that you you don't want to do. You know what I'm saying? So that's what keeps me going. Yeah. So along those lines, because uh, when did you start putting out the gospel tape? Because I've 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 heard. The, the last couple ones that you've dropped, but when when did when did that start being something that you really like leaned into? Um, well, originally, how it all started was um, I would just do the remixes for fun, and I would let you know let my friends hear it, <clears throat> and then it evolved from there because it actually started sounding like pretty dope. And I said, well, maybe let me just put put a couple on SoundCloud, a couple mi- remixes, and see what kind of response I get. And one of the first remixes, I think, was Suit and Tie, uh, the Justin Timberlake joint. And literally, like, overnight, my SoundCloud was blown up. Because I, I put music on SoundCloud before, like original music, mm-hmm. and wasn't nobody listening to that. I had, like, <laughs> 20 plays, and the song been up there for five years. You know what I'm saying? And stuff like that. Even even MySpace. MySpace music, I had stuff up there too. But something really seemed to resonate when I was putting these remixes up there. And so I said, well, let me compile. Because by that time, I had maybe like 30 or 40 just sitting in my computer that I didn't release. So I said, let me just put a little compilation joint together and throw it on uh, Bandcamp. And that's what... that's." It's, everything just took off from there. 
who is your favorite producer? Like, who is somebody you <clears throat> you take cues from? Not necessarily like you trying to be them, but mm-hmm. who who are a couple of those people for you? Um, well, my my earliest musical inspiration is definitely my father. Um, so he's he's my foundation for everything that I that I know, but. Once I started to really develop and try to find my niche, I was getting into Prince heavy and Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Like, once you start listening to music and you start reading the credits and you'd be like, okay, this is who I need to... Because Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis and Prince, they all kind of from the same umbrella. Mm -hmm. And then you start listening, you realize Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis was doing Janet Jackson stuff. So then they started listening to Janet stuff. So it was just like a a rabbit hole from there. And just, so for me, Prince, Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis, um, Jay Dilla, uh, Q-Tip, George Duke, Jeff Lorber. So these are like Heavy. people that, that had a huge impression on me. But Man. definitely, I say if anybody, definitely Prince. We're going to get to that in a little bit because I, I want to talk a little bit about Prince. But what about you, Cam? Uh, both my families, from my, my biological father and my mom, they're both musicians, so it's heavy on them in the church scene. Um, after them, it's uh, Kanye, of course, Kanye West, and um, Raphael Sadiq, uh, Russell Ferrante from the Yellow Jackets, um, Jaco Pastores, uh it's a whole bunch of uh people that's kind of like not known for the you know because they're i feel like there's a lot of producers that's well known like of course like kanye west but um the people that are not known seem to have the the more uh oomph about their you know their music because they're not i guess you could say sold out you know what i mean so but they're sold out amongst their how they live you know what i mean so I guess you say my favorite producer is just life in general, if that makes any sense. No, that make, that makes plenty you know, of sense. Because you can produce so much in life, that'll push your production because it won't stay the same. So life is my, my favorite production. See, I love the fact that you brought up Jeff Lorber because when I grew up, it was a lot of smooth jazz in my mm-hmm, house. Yeah. And then I, I was actually telling a couple of team the other day like I tended to listen to music backwards okay. because like in the house we weren't really listening to hip hop like that right. in fact I was listening to it like on the low like I, right. I heard the black album when I was in like 8th grade Okay, and I did not bring that home Right. but then my freshman year of college I'm like oh hold up I was listening to American Gangster then I went mm-hmm. and redid the college dropout yeah. and the blueprint I'm like What's so this, this is like so. This is what all the hype was about. <laughs> you was when a I late was bloomer. Yeah. Very, I was very, like very that too because yeah. I was listening to. I was never listening to the stuff that's on the radio. I'm still kind of like that now. Mm-hmm. I was listening to stuff from the '70s and '80s. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's what in the, in the 2000s, late '90s. You know what I'm saying? So people my age, they're listening to you know what's what's happening currently. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to you know old Prince records. <laughs> I'm 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 gonna blow y'all mind right now. Just take a wild guess what decade I was listening to in fourth grade. Ooh. Just take a wild guess. 
You said in what grade? In fourth grade. Fourth grade. So you was what nine? I wasn't. I didn't have the CD player yet. Make that fifth grade. Okay. Fifth grade. I don't know. The sixties, like Motown. Man, I was. I, I can't even guess. I was listening to a Benny Goodman Carnegie Hall concert wow. from the nineteen thirties. Yeah, that's I, way back, bro. I, bro, I was studying those liner notes. Mm-hmm. I'm talking Babe Russin on the tenor sax, Gene Krupa, and that was, mm-hmm. you know, that was segregation yeah. at the time. Yeah. Uh, they brought in all, they brought in, I want to say they had, oh, the names escaped me. I want to say Johnny Hodges was on the liner notes, mm-hmm. but that's when they, they brought all the black, they brought all the black musicians in. For like that one segment to mm-hmm. play with Benny Goodman and them, mm-hmm. and then they left. But yeah. those mm-hmm. songs and all that sort of stuff, that just kind of ran those over and over. Mm-hmm. And then the Motown stuff for me happened fifth, sixth, seventh, okay. like them compilate. Yeah, so I yeah, got yeah, right yeah. at yeah. So the comp, like, there's a compilation record to this day. Like the name Tyrone Davis, I know that's a name that y'all are familiar with, mm-hmm. and it's like. People know in the mood, nah, turn back in the hands of time. I'm mm-hmm. bopping to that in sixth grade. No one knew what was in my, nah. in my headphones. Nah. And my first exposure to even rap at that time was when somebody printed out the the, the, the lyrics mm-hmm. for Ludacris's Roll Out My Business. <laughs> and I had never heard the song before. I didn't know nothing about the sample. I'm just reading the words. I'm like, he says this to music? I, this doesn't compute to me. <laughs> but the way that like music has evolved incorporating the past Mm -hmm. i love it but i also feel like in 2014 or 2015 it just stopped being original Mm -hmm. yeah i I would say i felt like the shift happened after 9 11. Mm. that's when everything changed musically there was still there was still good music being produced but as far as um, that's when hip hop took over, like the late two thousands and the two thousand one. There was no more, quote unquote, pop music. The boy bands died down. Yeah. The Britney Spears, Christina, those kind of types of artists. Pop music kind of took a back seat, and hip hop just crept over and it's maintained its throne since then. Yeah. As far as a dom- hip hop has dominated. Everything, everything, and I think 2001, in my opinion, that's when that shift happened. But I know definitely in 20, 2014, 2015, that's when like trap, which is still under that hip hop umbrella, just took it even further. Yeah, and I should be more specific with what I meant. Because we talked about sampling and, and you know, mm-hmm. in bits and pieces. I think for me, when it comes to sampled music, I think after 2014, 2015, like mm-hmm. it's, it's almost unlistable to, at least for me, because mm-hmm. like right. when we, we, we go back, we listen to the original songs mm-hmm. and then I'm hearing a song, like just glancing on the radio, I'm like, you reuse, you didn't even reuse the sample from the original song. Right. You sampled the, the sample. sample. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, People are, are sampling doing? songs that just came out. Right. I thought the whole point was to sample like a classic record. Right. Or a record that we don't know about, like from, you know, 40, 50 years ago mm-hmm. and make it relevant. 
These guys are sampling songs that came out in the same year. Yeah, just because. Yeah, I don't know, but like, I mean, it works. For yeah, I mean, because the culture is different. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Like, in my opinion, uh, hip hop changed when Soldier Boy showed up. You know what I mean? Because he, he he started making that stuff uh, very like dancey. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of put a spin on hip hop, but it's still hip hop trap. I guess you could say. So I feel like it shifted then, you know what I mean? Because it's it stayed there for it's still to this day it's still there. And now you got drill music, you know what I mean? Which is definitely created over in London first. And we just not getting it, you know what I mean? So it's kind of hip hop's like kind of all over the place, you know. So yeah. And I think there's a I do think there's a beauty to it, yeah. Know, because like to have such a genre have such a wide range of things under that umbrella, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful thing. But I sometimes wonder, because we'll, we'll get to mm. what you pulled off last summer in a second. I sometimes wonder when the creativity left the game. I mean, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. I, I, I get it. Numbers mm-hmm. pay the bills. Mm-hmm. Numbers keep people in power. Right. Ask me why I hate analytics in sports, but mm-hmm. that's a story for another day. <laughs> but... It's just like, I get it. You got to give the people what they want, mm-hmm. or at least what the numbers say that they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's just like, everything sounds, no, not everything sounds the same, but what seems to get pushed sounds the same. Yeah. Right. I'm, I don't really like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, I agree to that. I just think that it's more noticeable because if you think about like Motown, that era, a lot of those hit records, if you look up the top 100, a lot of those records had a similar vibe, too. So you had, like, the, the Temptations, and you had well, whatever other five-man group that was out, too, that was charting under them. That was the sound of, of that era. So I think there's definitely a there's some kind of a, a, a method to that, to where whoever is in charge of the music industry, whatever the whatever they deem to be the sound or whatever people seem to be consuming, they want to keep that going. And so in the 80s, when you had like all these uh, big hair rock bands and those guys was on top of the charts, Poison and White Snake, mm-hmm. all them songs sounded the same too. You couldn't tell one from the other. So I think every era has... Mm-hmm. has that something where it's like everything on the radio every song pretty sounds somewhat similar i think it's because they they follow the trend of what's what are people consuming what's popular what works but it's just it seems these last few years everything's just been we haven't shifted to something new it's always just these different variations of the same thing and it's, I think it's more noticeable now because it's less instrumentation, it's less creativity. But at least back in those days, those, you know, real musicians, real guitar solos, real, real drums. So there was a little bit of uniqueness, but now it's, it's everything's a lot less intricate. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, you notice it more.
Once again, big shout out to Ty Brown and Cam Fletcher. Fantastic artists, even better people. The full episode, or I should say the full interview. Remember, that's going to drop on Friday. So you got really good snippets, but the whole conversation is a riot. I'm just going to warn you now. Um, Bag talk to finish out our time together. Um, Obviously taping this Monday before the Tuesday drop. And I saw really not great news for a lot of my colleagues that are over at The Athletic that was acquired by The New York Times last year, um, where they're making layoffs, making cuts um, to those colleagues. I've been there. I'm, I've, my, 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 my thoughts, my prayers are with you um, as you try to figure out where it is you fit in this ever-evolving landscape. And the landscape in general, to be honest with you, is really kind of disturbing. And what disturbs me most about it is that the guys under which these corporations wanted to make these acquisitions was to say, oh, we want to accentuate reporting. We want to accentuate whether it's print, broadcast, whatever it is. We just want to go and make that better. I think we've learned by now that that's not true. And it stinks. The goal at the end of the day has always been money. And even when they make a lot of money, the question is not really how do we maintain it, it's how do we grow. Even if we aren't taking losses, if we can cut salaries, we're going to do it. If we're going to quote unquote reorganize, sure. But all that means is that the local coverage that is supposedly supposed to matter so much now has less manpower or person power, woman power, however it is you want to define it. It's less people doing now more work and things slip through the cracks. What kind of landscape are we really trying to go for here? Like me, I'm very privileged. I'm very privileged to be in the position that I am. I know what it's like when I don't have it. But you, you even look at the description of what it means to be a multimedia journalist in this day and age, right? Back in the day, because I try to ask people who've been here before, who have done this for a really long time, how many people it would take to turn a story around or to do the research or to do the background. And that's why in those days, those stories even with a quick turnaround, there were a lot of hands that made light work. Nowadays, you're lucky if you get one person who does it all. And look, I'm, I'm super privileged. Like when I did this show, when I started doing this show, I did everything solo dolo. Like everything from the editing to the, 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 the setting up the equipment, all that sort of stuff. I'm grateful to have two good people shout shout out to David Moret shout out to Lou Ross like I got people that helped me make this better and now the industry is trending toward making one person do everything things fall through the cracks and that's not to say that they're not capable professionals it's not to say that they can't do their job but it just means that it's no longer about the quality of work And I think we all know that. When we operate in this industry, we're at the whims of people who make way more money, who don't do this, that say, hey, that person there, 
They're making okay money. But you know what would make it great money? If you take the same amount of money and make them do more work. As long as it makes air, it's fine. And yet you have overworked professionals trying to cover a large landscape of things that really do deserve having a second set of eyes on or even more depending on what the work is that needs to be done. Granted, I'm doing a podcast that's about the collision of music and sports. I've got an artist's mind and soul doing this. That makes me different. It is what it is, and that's fine. Do I expect this trend to reverse? Probably not. But I think it is worth thinking about. Like When you really care about something, you'll put resources toward it. But stuff that needs those extra set of hands, they're not losing resources. Because from what I've read about the reorganization, it has to deal with sports that were not quite the NFL or, from what I've read, the, the, the Premier League overseas. And instead, the, the coverage of those teams is going to get reshuffled. Maybe they've got another plan that will make sense in a few weeks. But for right now, for the professionals that are affected, it, it, it really stinks. And the message that it's sending everywhere, it's a shame. It's a real, real shame. And all I can hope is that we can hang on for dear life. Just stick it out the best we can. The thing that's making me super mad right now is despite having a team, I wanted to talk about AI. I'm going to do that next week. Speaking of next week, let me be absolutely clear because we tape on Mondays for a Tuesday drop. I'm not recording on Juneteenth. No, I'm not going to do it, but I am going to give you an episode. So what we're going to do is we're going to record the day after that for a Wednesday episode drop. And the full interview will be that Friday. So I still got you, but there won't be a, a, a holiday taping. Mm -mm, I refuse. I'm already working that day. Anyway, I'll post about that later on my various platforms underscore i-a-m-n-k-w-a twitter instagram i think i'm on i think i have a facebook page too no i definitely have one i didn't build it that long ago take the underscore away leave the letters the same it is what it is thank you for keeping up feel free to rate review five stars please might as well try to ask nicely right available wherever you get them and even though it will not be your tuesday friday regularity i'll be back next week Thank you.